welcome to PJ Live, the podcast. Our mission is simple. We want to spend time talking to interesting people about interesting topics. This podcast is not just for PJ members, it's for anybody who is interested in the game of golf. Without further ado, here's today's episode. This podcast will focus on the importance of data for golf retailers and PJ members. We'll discuss automation and how data can help PJ professionals who are short on time make their retail business more efficient and importantly, more profitable. My name is Dave Adams, I'm Head of Commercial Partnerships at the PGA, and I'll be your host today. Our aim is to help simplify this topic around data, and to help us with this, I'm joined by Phil Barnard, founder of PGA Partner Crossover Technologies, and one of our very own PGA members, Martin Balfour, who is the head pro at Donington Valley Golf Club. Okay, so Phil, I'll come to you first. Maybe you can just give us a little bit of a flavour of your your background and where your journey starts with golf, because I know it runs back into the family. Yeah, hi David. Thanks for uh, having us on today. Uh, I, I, I do want to say one just one bit of beginning. When we start talking about data, um, I hope everyone hasn't switched off at that point. It's um, it's not meant to be super geeky. It's more meant to be about some some information that's going to help you uh, manage your business as opposed to uh, bore you to death. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, I was um, I was brought up kind of in the golf industry in the kind of the background as such. Um, uh, my father was a rubbish golfer. I'm a pretty rubbish golfer. Uh, but we um, he he was involved with uh, Stuber Golf Shoes right back in the day. Um, when he used to sponsor Sam Torrance and they they invented the kind of uh, spikeless golf shoe with a little pro-am, but also the, the shoes that had the little flaps on, which uh, most people, when they're thinking of golf shoes, if they haven't been anywhere near a golf shop for about 20 years, kind of think of. So um, I spent a lot of time going around pro shops and um, trade shows and things along those lines as a kid, because it was a fairly family-run business and you get dragged along to these things. And so I've got fairly fond memories of all those bits and pieces. Um, but intrinsically, um, he, my father had a, a real interest in data and uh, stock management. And uh, during his uh, time um, with, 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 with helping running the company, they had a, a few issues or problems that they wanted to sort out, which while his time was there, they never really managed to do. Um, and so uh, I uh, was studying engineering at university and uh, unfortunately was spending a bit too much time um, practicing skiing uh, on the plastic dry ski slope in Bracknell than I was doing studies. Uh, went arse over Apex one day, broke my wrist and had to retake my year. And so in my year out, I did, uh, uh, I wrote uh, my first EPOS system as uh, a little project, something to do to earn a few quid because uh, um, dad was working with uh, one of the golf groups and uh, they their, their shops were looking for more management information. Um, but the only thing that was available at that time was pretty expensive, you know, uh, commercial EPOS system. So I tried to write something that was um, a little bit more um, uh, pro shop sized as opposed to department store sized and uh, started rolling that out uh, back in the 90s. And um, after, you know, 1500 or so installations, wherever we are now, we're kind of uh, life and experiences has, has developed with that. And uh, during the time, the, the, the real idea was to deliver a system that was um, providing data to help or information to help pros um, and golf shops manage their, their systems better. Um, I also started as a result uh, working with an American company called Golf Data Tech to pull some uh, market industry stats together. So uh, not only were we trying to deliver data on a retail level and help retailers individually, we then um, pulled data together on a market level to help uh, brands and the, and the retail groups um, 
um, help 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 fight off the uh, evil wiles of some of the the bigger retail um, uh, businesses and that were out there. Fascinating. So I guess growing up, then you know, I won't finish this sentence, but you had all the gear then, um, and and very dangerous to look very good going up to the first tee if you maybe you don't have the golf to back it up. That's that's what terrifies most of us. No, I, I, I didn't have all the gear. I had a pretty pretty average set of golf clubs, uh, but I did have some flappy flappy shoes on. So uh, that was about the only, only only thing I did have. But no, my first my first golf was actually up at Cotswold Edge Golf Club, I think near near Wooden Under Edge, where uh, um, I, I, I've only got memories of really shanking it off the first. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad to say that things have improved a bit since then. Um, well, at, least, at least you had the shoes to dazzle everyone. They probably yeah, exactly. They're bright white, bright white flappy shoes. Fantastic. Uh, great, great to have you, Phil. And I guess I'll kick off with the first question. Um, you know, just I guess looking at the pandemic, it's been a crazy year for for golf retailers and PJ pros alike. And you know, typically you'd expect um, sales to be down, um, but I know that's not necessarily the case across the board, is it? It's, it's not. I mean, retail, retail actually was one of the hardest hit categories in the whole during the pandemic. Uh, and there's a really uh, marked difference between what happened in the high street, what happened online. Uh, and, uh, you know, golf was not without uh, a lot of problems with it being shut down for such a long period of time. And I'm sure Martin will tell us in a few minutes when you've got your main business closed for three or four months. It's an absolute nightmare. Bad in the off season, but even worse in the on season. So, you know, we, we could have expected, I think, the market to be down 50 60 percent as some retail sectors were but actually overall we we're only 10 percent well 10.7 percent down by the end of the year so so golf benefited from being covid compliant and outdoor and and we had good weather and and actually became pretty cool i think from a lot of the coverage that happened over the over the summer and uh, you know i had all sorts of friends of mine that hadn't really thought would play golf that were out there doing it because it was something they could do and something that a lot of people enjoyed so the split was slightly different. So the guys on course would have been hit much worse than the guys off course because a lot of them are supported by online sales. But yeah, it, it, it could have been a lot worse than it was. Um, you know, if you're an on course pro, you might have been 20% down. Uh, but if you're an off course store with a decent website, you you could have been quite significantly up. But having said that, having been the, the market was about 50, 55% down at May. Uh, which is usually the biggest month. Um, you know, if you were writing the story then, you'd have expected it to be a bit of a, a, car, a train crash, but actually it turned out much better, much better than we might have feared. Yeah, no, fantastic. And Martin, great to have one of our own PJ members on the podcast. Um, you can't see Martin because it is a podcast, but I can tell you he's in his stock room, so it could not be a more appropriate setting for this podcast. Um so welcome, Martin. Just, I guess a quick question um, for, from me about your perspective on the pandemic, you know, the highs, the lows, the frustrations you may have had. And I guess the looking at the data has been more important the last 18 months than ever, I guess. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I think it's been very challenging for everyone, I've got to say. But, but views from, a, from the pro shop perspective, I, I think it's been difficult, you know, I've traded for 39% of last year. That's all as a shop, which is, you know, like Phil said, you'd expect to be a huge amount down, but we haven't been. And um, we're, um, you've got to look at the, the good parts. Footfall, I think for most people on course, has been miles up. We've got a far younger audience because we're not competing against other hobbies. And it has been a little bit cool. And I think as an industry, we've been looking for that 
four years really and not had an answer in the main to get there so I think you've just got to be positive and, and most of us are small enough to be incredibly adaptive and nimble about changing our businesses according to the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah no, indeed and when did your when did your journey start with data? I mean, is the use of data in you know forecasting and budgeting is, is that a relatively new thing in the world of uh, a golf pro, or is it is it been there for the last ten years? You know, what's your perspective on it? Yeah, well, I'm I'm just coming into my twentieth year at this golf club, and um, and actually it was Phil, it was your dad. So I sat listening to your dad at Woburn, I don't know, nearly 20 years ago, I think it probably was. And and he sort of educated me a little bit when I first started my business into creating a sort of um, system of analysis. So at the end of each month, or set, I'd do a certain set of analysis to see how I'm getting on. And, and I've refined that a little bit. So um, from 2010, I expanded into a few shops and um, and kept that analysis up and then I shrunk back down to one shop and sort of refined all my analysis to now do you know more what I've listened to Phil talking about in the last few years whether it be at TGI events or, or I've been to Mark um, Hopkins as well he's he's helped me out I think that was as recent as last year or the year before just trying to get better systems in place to keep your business um, your mind on your business and you know exactly where you are at all times so I've always done it, but I think I've refined it over the years, I've got to say. And Phil, just on that point, I guess, how can we simplify this? How can how can a PJ Pro use data to to kind of formulate sensible forecasts and budgets? Um, how simple is it? You can make it really complicated if you want, but, but the, the important thing I think is is you need to have a you need to become a develop a habit it needs to be something that you're 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 recording data um you know the, and the epos system obviously would be the way that i would say you you can do it uh, it, it really is the only way you can do it you, you need you need you need a management tool um it'd be, it'd be like it's like driving a car without a speedo i mean uh, you can get yourself all sorts of problems if you don't know what speed you're doing you're driving around on the roads um and you don't if you didn't have a fuel tank um you know fuel measure or a, or a speedo uh, that just that basic information to tell you when you're going to run out of fuel whether you're going too fast or you're not going fast enough you, you just have to think about it the same as that with a with an epos system and a, and a, and in in that essence just picking a few key numbers sorry i might have just overcomplicated that bit there but I, I think the key thing is you know if you develop a um, um, a process, as, as, as Martin's uh, alluded to, and, and develop a habit that you're picking a few numbers that you understand and that you're comfortable with, and that you can react and work with. Um, you know, there, there are a lot. Of, there is a lot of analysis, and and, and historically, retail. The, 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 the phrase is retail is detail, and uh, you only need to look at the the, the detail and the, the data mining that companies like uh, Amazon and things along those lines go to drive their business to take it to the absolute limit. But for most most on course retailers in particular, you know, if they if they if they focused on three or four key stats and just uh, regularly looked at those and looked them on a regular basis, that'd be much better than having some really um, over bloated plan that you 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 started what at the beginning and then you ignored it through the year. So, in essence, I'd say you know everyone needs a plan um, at the beginning of the year because you need a budget because you need to work out what you're going to buy for the year. So you need to know what your basic turnover is. You need to know what your basic stock. Uh, levels are to support that turnover at a reasonable stock turn 
Um, so you've got three or four figures there and you want to be able to, you know, have an understanding of your margin because ultimately if you're not making any margin, then th there's no point in doing the retail because it's the, the margin that's generating the profit, which is the, the lifeblood of the business. So you've got three or four stats there which um, would be important. And obviously, if you're developing a, um, a buying plan or a, a budget, you would then need to break that down a little bit into the product categories that, that, that work for you in your shop. And, and that will be different from shop to shop. Some people will be really focused on hardware, so they'll be looking at different stats and different margins to those guys that are doing soft goods or apparel. Um, and so that's, that's really important. That then comes back to just kind of understanding the kind of customer you're dealing with. Um, and then off the off the back of that is then just picking some of those little bits of information which you can look at on a on, on almost a daily basis. So, you know, just referring to our EPOS system, we actually have a a hub a dashboard which um, we we focus on some really simple numbers. It's it's the day sales, it's the number of baskets or the number of sales that you've made and the average um, basket value. There's also um, just a quick snapshot of your stock level and your um, kind of account balances level because those are two obviously liabilities to the business that you need to manage. But but in any any retail outlet, if you if you just focused on your average basket size and the number of baskets, and every day you were just trying to hit a target where you're trying to make those you know make that basket size a bit bigger and try and get one more basket you know for that 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 day in the year, you you, you could you could drive significant you know advances in your business just focusing on a few simple numbers uh, without having to get into the complexity but it's it's, it's having a it's having a, a balanced plan that's something that you as, as martin said something that you can refine that works for you so finding those numbers um that work for you and then and then just keeping an eye on them and working with them on a regular basis yeah it's fascinating i know you know stock inventory and management and efficiency around that is crucial to any successful retail business. Uh, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about how important, uh, Martin, for, for you running a pro shop, how how efficiency around the stock management um, is central to everything that you do. Um, yes, it's it's crucial, but I, I agree with exactly what Phil said. I think it's it's the simplicity is the key. There's no way I would be capable of doing. Um, anything hugely complicated, but it's just getting into a system that you're comfortable with for your business that works and and managing your stock is absolutely key. It's 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 super easy. Um, I pass on that responsibility um, to one of my staff. I'm lucky I've got a couple of really good staff and, and one of them does that and we talk about it each week in about 10 minutes and they've got some parameters they can work within to get rid of dead stock or um, all sorts of things. Um, it takes me 10 minutes a week to do to manage all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, I, I guess, Phil, tell us a little bit about the products that you may have with crossover technologies and, and, and what Xbox is and how they can help the, the PJ member. I think probably the three, there's three things I just mentioned briefly, because over the time we've done an awful lot of, of different products, but we kind of refined the offering at the moment. So we've got Xpos, which is a point of sale system. Now, point of sale systems there there's, there's flipping hundreds of them um all different shapes and, and, and flavors and sizes all sorts of different benefits and um things on those lines ours is ours is focused on the golf retail side of things which is pretty unique um i'd say golf retail is a, a particularly difficult environment because of the just the, the number of parameters that you have to deal with so it's it's a specialist system that's it's good at also delivering um, information. And that's one of the real focus points. It's all very well 
um, having a, a system that can run all the admin. But if you don't get data out at the end to help you manage the business and push that forward, then you know a lot of the admin is 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 just overhead. So um, that's uh, that's the key product. Plugged into Xpos, we have a thing called Xcodes, which is then an industry database of products. So literally, we have a million products in there at the moment with barcodes, um, product descriptions, uh, standard prices, etc., which um, enable a pro or a retailer to scan a barcode and and pull that information down from a central repository as opposed to them having to sit there and type for hours and hours and hours and even even when even if you just looked at the benefits that gives uh, most retailers there's there's probably thousands of pounds worth of time that they would be spending typing in information possibly incorrectly or not as accurately as they need to do because it's it's just uh, frustrating and confusing, um, which they can they can do at the scan of a button, um, and so that's quite cool. And then the final thing, which is really a response to the whole um, pandemic, is that we've we've introduced an app, which is a kind of a customer service app, uh, which also provides a, a reserve and collect uh, functionality, which um, enables uh, smaller retailers to be able to provide a, a kind of socially distanced or remote selling function. Uh, to their members and, and by having all the data um, centrally um, recorded we can then add images and product descriptions and things along those lines and when um, a retailer scans in using our xcodes products into their system um, it then enables um, the enables the system to have um, can you hear that in the background? <laughs> Dogs have gone mental. Um, it enables the retailer to offer a, effectively a, a limited um, e-commerce uh, solution to his members. Now, it only works for members, so it's not something that's open to the general public. And so as as, as, as a, a customer of a, um, a, a an Xpos using Golf Shop, you'd need to be in the system as a registered user, and then you can download the app. And then it also gives you the benefit of being able to manage your account balance and um, we can book lessons through it and um, you can you can do a range of other things which uh, just hopefully help the retailer deliver a bit more um, customer service, a little bit more omni-channel, which is what a lot of people are talking about and enables um, you know customers to buy in their own time and also understand the stock and things that you've got, which they may not be able to do if they're not visiting the shop as regularly as you'd like them to. Very good, very good, and, and and I guess what's the call to action if if anyone's um, listening to this and they want to jump on this straight away? How, how quickly is it to get it installed and and uh, you know up and running with your own stock stock uh, intake and, and ordering and sales? Is, is it a relatively quick process? Um, I, I think it's about as quick as it, I think it's about as quick as it possibly can be realistically. I mean, you can we 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 can we've done all the installations remotely for ages. I think we did. I think we had something like 14 installations this month. So we've had a you know really good month where we've we've re remotely installed them. So they're installed remotely. We can train them remotely. Um, once you're then up and running, you can zap the products in using an app on the phone with the stock taking app, and that can then add the products in, which draws the information down from the web. So as long as it takes you to run around and do a do a stock take. Um, there's obviously other configuration and things, um, but it's, it's a very different situation. I, I, I would you know, say that you could get it if you were determined and wanted to get it all up and running in a couple of days. It might, might take a week. And obviously, it'll take a little while for you, you and your staff to understand to learn it. Martin might be able to give you a slightly more honest impression about that. But it's certainly very different to what it was when I did my very first installation, which took three months to sort out. So um, we've managed to move things on a fair bit since, the, since then. Yeah, very good. 
So, Martin, coming to you, I'm going to give you a scenario with uh, this summer, you know, the, the boom that we're seeing with tea times being impossible to kind of get and uh, golf retail doing relatively well since we since we reopened with all that pent-up demand. So what if a pro shop is, is doing really well and, you know, sales are flying out the door? I can see there'd be a, t- a temptation not to worry so much about what the figures look like if, if you can see that the stock is, is flying out. Now, what's your advice to fellow pros in this situation? Um, I think that's where I think that's where golf clubs who have got PGA pros have benefited from their pros because they've just mucked in and got the job done in you know pretty difficult circumstances sometimes. But I think to look after their own business is you know, when you've got um, a till that tells you all the numbers, you don't have to do it that day. The data's still going to be there next week and the week after. So so maybe if you're doing lots of dawn till dust days, which I guess lots of the PGA pros did last summer and probably will do this summer, it's still going to sit there and wait. So you, you, but you've got to fall back on your routines and your systems and your habits and do them in the same way. So in the end, you've got the same data. Um, you can react to that differently and and I think running out of stock was a massive problem last year and I think we all probably missed a huge, you're never going to know, but we all missed a huge amount of sales on golf trolleys because there weren't any and and, and poor customer service or slow slow service from companies. Um, If you could have managed that a little bit better, it would have made a huge difference come the end of the year, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. So my, my final question, I guess, before to close today's podcast, question to both of you, where, where do you see the, the future of uh, data um, and, you know, apps like XPOS and how, how crucial are they going to be to the success or failure uh, to, to golf pro shops? I'll let you answer that first, Martin. See what uh, you think. Okay. No, for um, I, I think it's um, I think you've just got to get more involved in it. I think I think if you if uh, you've got to continually improve, and I think it's a very um, it's a pretty simple way of improving your business hugely. I think that the numbers speak for themselves. There's key people that um, that come out and guide you through it and and, and help you. I remember uh, Mark Hopkins came and overviewed my business um, from Crossover. That was, do you know what? That was one of some of the best. That was one of the most profitable days I've ever had because it had an influence on my profitability for years to come after that so there's there's people out there helping and i think you've you know you're missing a trick if you don't get more and more and more involved to refine what you do phil you, yeah. you, you yeah. mean over that and and i guess the the level of support that crossover tech you know give give their customers is is at the heart of your delivery service yeah, I mean, we try very hard. We don't. Always, I mean, we don't always get it right. I mean, we're not. We're not a big company. Um, you know, there's kind of twenty four of us, twenty five of us. So, you know, in in context of lots of the big brands that work within within this industry, we're 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 a small company, and we have lots of customers, uh, which we're very very grateful for. We don't take any of them for granted, um, and we do. We, we 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 are working all the time to try and deliver systems that are genuinely helping our customers. There isn't there isn't really anything that we do that is 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 motivated by any other sources. Obviously, we've got to be financially viable, but you know the decisions we make, we're trying to make um, the systems easier to use. Uh, the systems deliver better data and 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 respond to the the changing market. So, you know, we've we've obviously had to do an awful lot of work bringing things online. So, a couple of years ago, 
uh, we started shifting a lot to online. So a lot of the functionality is available online and, and, and remotely um, accessible for, for data and, and management tools and things along those lines. We try to be collaborative and, and pull, you know, we work with all the brands now to, to pull the data in together to try and help um, uh, guys get access to the information so that the information they put in is, is, is better and it means the information they get out is better. And then we've developed things like the, the app, which, you know, is genuinely cost us you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds to deliver um, to help our uh, customers um, work better with their their pros because we know that you know if we if we don't help our customers survive then there is no there's no place for us so our customer we're, we're we're built on our customers successes really so um, we're very focused on that and um, we'll, we'll continue to be so and and part of our relationship with the PGA is just that gives us the ability to try and help and educate and and support our customers uh, in, in in another way to um, help them, you know, d deliver on their objectives and hopefully make them more profitable and secure. Absolutely, I think uh, there's some great testimonials not only on your social media channels for Xbox and crossover tech technologies, but also on PJ Learn as well. Um, throughout this year, we're going to be uploading testimonials on on PJ members and pros of. How they're using Xpost to, to further their business. So, um, I guess just just to finally say, Phil, thanks very much for joining us today. I know you're you're stacked on time, um, so really appreciate it um, you jumping on with us. And and obviously Martin as well. Just to wish you all the best with uh, you know the rest of 2021 and and good luck in keeping your stock levels correct because I know you're you're pretty uh, pretty flat out at the moment as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's been it's been fun. It's good. Happy to do it any time. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay, speak soon. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform so that you never miss an episode. If you have any suggestions for improvements, topics, or guests, please email pga live at pga.org.uk.